0: And amen. amen amen so welcome back again to uh, our continuing series on crash the chatterbox Amen. we hope again that this has been a blessing to you um for you if this is your first time here just as recap we've been talking about over the last uh, few weeks um about uh this thing called the chatterbox and, and it basically is within our minds satan uh gets in our heads and he tries to fill our minds with unnecessary voice and chatter uh, and, the, and his ultimate objective is to distract us from what God's plans are for our lives. And so what ends up happening is is that over time, we our minds get filled with chatter of insecurity, chatter of fear, uh, chatter of condemnation. And today we talk about a chatter of discouragement. And it gets filled so much with all of that noise that we miss out on what God's blessings are in our lives. And so today we want to, um, we, this is actually the last official uh, uh, sermon as re- relates to the chatterbox. So next week, you know, what we're going to do is have kind of a Q and A session. So if you have questions, or if you have a testimony, or uh, anything that relates to what we've been talking about over the last few weeks, uh, please email me, or uh, yeah, send me an email, um, and, and we want to, to get that from you, and then we want we want to talk about it. Um, and we're going to use this that time next week To really uh, talk about one-on-one personally What we're dealing with uh, when it comes to the chatterbox Because the Bible talks about that That uh, we are to share our burdens And share what's going on in our lives with one another And so it's an opportunity for us to to talk about it um, To to get scripture on how we can, we can help in those areas But then also to pray um, And how God can release us and help us through those situations But as I said, today we are talking about Uh, Discouragement. Today we are talking about uh, discouragement and we're going to come from a scripture, uh, Genesis 29. We're going to go back to the book of uh, the beginnings and we're going to talk about a familiar character um, uh, by the name of Jacob. Um, But we're not really focusing on Jacob, but we're going to focus more on what happened in Jacob's household. And so uh, Jacob uh, obviously had uh, two wives, actually had more than that. But we're going to focus on one particular wife named Leah. So in Genesis 29, beginning at verse 31, it says, When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben, Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has looked upon my afflictions, for now my husband will love me. You can kind of get a glimpse of what Leah is already dealing with. And then verse 33 says, she conceived again and she bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me this son also, and she called his name Simeon. And then again, she conceived and bore a son, and said, "Now this time, everyone say this time. This time. My husband will be attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi." And then again, she conceived. Amen. I know the, the women in here are like, "Ooh, Lord." She she again conceived and bore another son, and she said, "This time, everyone say this time." This time. I will praise the Lord. Therefore, shall she called his name Judah. Then she ceased bearing children. Amen. She took a little break. Amen. She took a little break. So today we want to talk uh, from uh, those two words. This time, this time, we're going to talk specifically about overcoming the lies of discouragement with the promise that God says, "I can." Everyone say, "I can." I can. I can. So as we deal with this 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 notion uh, uh, of discouragement, I thought about we all at some point in our lives get discouraged, right? At some point in our lives, when we we whatever we're doing. Uh, we get discouraged. We get down. We we feel like that we we just can't accomplish it, or it's not going to happen, or or we just get down on ourselves. And and I thought about you know most of you know uh, our two boys, Jaden and Jordan, are playing baseball. And uh, great sport. Jaden is his first time, first year playing baseball. But 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 it reminded me when when I thought about a few weeks ago when Jaden was playing baseball and he struck out. And I don't know, I can't remember if it was the first time Jaden struck out. It might have been the first time that he struck out. But, but, when, but when he struck out, you could just see the discouragement that came across his face. Mm-hmm. So much so that, that Jacob, I mean, that, that Jaden on his way back to the dugout, he was trying to keep his composure, but, but, but it, it just wasn't working, and he just had a breakdown. <laughs> just had a breakdown, just at that moment, just broke down, just, whoa, you know, the whole thing, Breakdown. It made me think about that, that when the outcome does not match our expectation, don't we often have breakdowns? Right. We have breakdowns, and we, we become discouraged. Well you think about Jane, Jane's expectation was that he was going to hit the ball.. Uh-huh. He he did not have an expectation of striking out. And friends, a lot of times as we, we go through life, we have these expectations of how life is going to be and how things are going to turn out. And when they don't go that way or turn out the way that we want them to, we get discouraged. But friends, I want to kind of get you to think about this a little bit different. Because see, the problem is not necessarily about the outcome. A lot of times we focus on the fact that the problem was the outcome. This did not happen or this uh, did not come to pass the way that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. But friends, it's not about the outcome, but more often than not, it's more about the fact that our expectations aren't realistic. That's right. That 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 we set these expectations on how we think life is supposed to go, and how we think things are supposed to turn out, and how we think that uh, well we should have a certain amount of money in our bank account, and how we think that we should be living a certain way, and in certain parts of towns, and in and driving certain cars, and we focus our expectations on what we think, and we don't get any consultation from God. That's right. Think about this, the examples, examples. Think about relationships. And you get in a new relationship, right? It's all, you know, puppy love. We're all excited. Everybody's feeling good. You get the butterflies on the inside. Oh, we just, we in love, right? And, and, and we, we, because of that, set what? These expectations, these expectations on, on this other person, on this relationship, that it's going to be this way always. We're going to be in love and start, and hearts are going to be popping out of our eyes, right? But, but all of us that, that, that are married know that, that after a while, right, that those, the, the, the reality really sets in. That the expectation was that, that you see this person and they're dressed up and they look good all the time. And then when you get mad and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't know you did this. I didn't know you snored at night. I didn't know this. You you had this habit. I didn't know you didn't like picking up your clothes off of the floor. This is not what I expected. Right? And then... We get become discouraged. The same thing happens at work, right? We start a new job. We're excited. Then, you know, I'm coming in. I'm gonna be a mover and shaker. I'm gonna move up the ladder. I'm gonna get promoted in a week. I'm gonna be running this thing. I'm excited. I got expectations. This is a great job. My boss is great. I'm doing great work. Blah 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 blah. And we come in with all of these expectations. But after a while, right? Year one goes by. Two, five. Don't stay there more than five years. You know, ask somebody then after they've been there a couple years, how you like your job? Yeah, well, it's all right. It's all right. How you like your boss, that boss that you were so excited about? Man, that dude's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. I have to do all his work. See the expectations, right? We have all these high expectations, but they don't match up with the outcome. Friends, if God always meets our expectations, he'd never be able to exceed them. Mm-hmm. If, God, if God only focused on what we expected out of life, then, then really, honestly, we wouldn't really get a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Right? But Because God is not looking at trying to fulfill our expectations. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, he says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think. God does not not try to meet our expectations because he has so much more for us. But friends, Satan wants us to focus on expectations because he knows that when we raise our expectations to a certain level, that sooner or later we're going to become discouraged. And so this brings me to Genesis chapter 29. We meet Leah here. For all you who know the story or for some that don't know the story, Leah is the wife of Jacob. Now, how Leah became the wife of Jacob is really kind of jacked up because back then you know that, that if a father had a certain number of daughters that that they had to be married off in, a, in order right and Leah was the oldest and so the oldest had to get married before the youngest could get married right that you, that you had to, there, there was this prearranged marriage thing i know boy that would mess a lot of us up and we had to get prearranged marriage right if your mom and dad picked out who you married that would mess a lot of us up right but, but that's how they did it in that that society and, and so and so Leah Leah is sitting here and she's she's not married, Jacob comes to town, he falls in love with the younger sister Rachel, I mean that whole love thing, they are match made in heaven, soul mates, all of that and so so Jacob actually worked seven years uh, in order to have the opportunity to marry Rachel. Now I want to know how many men don't raise your hand, how many men will will work seven years just to marry your wife don't raise your hand, don't do it, don't do it (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Worked seven years just to just to have the opportunity to marry this woman. And so what Jacob did, it was a soul mate. He loved her. So he worked seven years. And so here is wedding day. Here comes the bride. Here comes the bride. You know, we had those veils back then, they really had veils. You couldn't see what they looked like, nothing until the wedding night. And so here comes the bride. Jacob's excited. He's excited. Seven years have gone by. Now I'm gonna give my, my soulmate the my, the woman of my life. And he says the I do's they exchange the I do's and then that night, lo and behold, he pulls back the veil, and it's not Rachel, but it's Leah. He's been bamboozled. He's been bamboozled. There's been a switch at the altar. Mm-hmm. And so this is where we find the situation here. Now, Jacob did end up marrying Rachel. So he worked another seven years and he married her. But now we see the, the situation that Leah is in. Mm-hmm. For Leah is the first wife of Jacob. Mm-hmm. She is his wife, but she's not his love. Mm-hmm. She, 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 she's married to him, but, but Jacob's heart is with another woman. Mm-hmm. And that's all kind of R&B songs. We could, we could just go down the line. I Just go down the line. The, the one you're thinking, that's it. It's an R&B song. They're all in there. And, and, and so she loves Jacob, but Jacob doesn't love her. Can you imagine the disappointment that Leah felt? Being the son of her uncle, I mean the daughter of her uncle, La- um, Laban, unmarried, Nobody wanted her. Daddy was trying to get rid of him. He's like, you've been here too long. i got to get you out. She's married now to a man who doesn't love her. And the Bible talks about the fact that it says that she was hated. That, that, that Jacob hated her because he was bamboozled by his uncle. Can you imagine the disappointment that she had? And so the Bible talks about how that she had three sons. And after each son, she said, this is going to be the one. I'm going to have a son because that was important during that time was to have boys. And so she had a son. She gave Jacob a son. And she said, now nah, he's going to love me because I'm giving him. Have we been there before? Said if I do this or if I say that or if I live this kind of way or if I act this kind of way, they're going to love me. They're going to accept me. I'm going to be on the inside. Have we all been there? Yeah. But she did this three times. Three times she had sons expecting, expecting that this was going to be the time that things were going to change. All right, all right. But her expectations did not meet reality. Mm-hmm. So friends, often the things you're discouraged about is the thing that God wants you to praise him for. All right, all right. The very thing that you're dealing with, that you're, that you're down about, that you're discouraged about, that's Probably, most likely, the very thing that God wants you to praise him for. Mm -hmm. Because, see, look what happens on the fourth son. The first three sons, Leah's attention was focused at pleasing Jacob. But the fourth son, she said, this time, this time, this is not about Jacob. This is not about trying to get his attention. This is not about trying to please him. This is not about trying to do, you know, look good in his eyes. She said, this time... I will praise the Lord. Friends, the thing that we are discouraged about, God is saying to us, that thing that Satan is trying to beat you down with discouragement, if you will refocus your attention and give me praise, you will see that your discouragement might actually be your blessing. But see, friends, just like we, we can't live in the last time. We can't live in the last time. We, we can't live in the past because it only fuels the chatterbox to remember the failures and disappointments back then. We can't live in the next time. We can't be saying the next time. You know, we say, oh, well, that was the last time. But boy, the next time, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. We can't live in the next time because what? It's out of our control. So it says that we have to train ourselves to live in the time that's right now. How hard is it that, to, to really focus our attention on right now? If you really think about how much time you focus on the moment that you're in and not on the next moment or the last moment. Uh, See what I'm saying? When you're at work and and something happens that makes you mad, you're stuck in that. mm -hmm. Or if you're at work and you're thinking about uh, what's to come, you're focused on that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times because the devil keeps us focused so far ahead and so far behind that we miss the opportunities that God has for us right now. Uh, Okay, Since this time. So, today I just want to give you quick, quick, quick six things. Six things. Six quick things to help us to fight discouragement in our lives. Is that okay? Six things. Mm-hmm. Right. Six things. I know usually it's three points in the, in the conclusion. But look, there's six, there's six points, but they're all condensed points to, to feel like three points. Amen. Oh so, they're all condensed. Don't, don't get scared. Amen. <laughs> the first one is look back. Now I know that I just said that, that, that we can't focus on the past. But we can't focus on the past disappointments But what we can focus on Is not on the negative But remembering what God has already done For us in our past right. See if you, if you want to take a, a, a look In the rearview mirror of your life Don't look at the disappointments, the failures Where things messed up or went wrong But you look at what God did During all that wrong, all that mess up All that discouragement, all the things that happened You look and see what God did To bring you through that the Bible says in Psalms 103 and 2 it says bless the Lord O my soul and forget not all of his benefits in other words don't forget about what God has done in your life Uh if you want to get over a disappointment that you're dealing with right now just remember the last time you were disappointed Uh remember how God brought you through that how he sustained you how he provided for you how he took care of you that will help you to get back and get over what you're going through See, the enemy does not want us to remember all the times God has come through for us, and so we need to actively remember them ourselves. We, we, you know, it's just like it's just like with us. You do something good for somebody, and then two minutes later, they don't everything you did, right? You know, it, it's 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 you're only as good as today, right? You know, people forget about, it. you know, you could, you could, people could be downed out. You take care of, it. look, we don't want recognition. It's not about that. But doesn't it sometimes get on your nerve when you done help somebody and then a week go by and now they back on their feet and they act like you ain't never did nothing for them? Man. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't that bother you? Right. Doesn't that bother you a little bit? Yeah. Well, how do you think God feels when when we've been down and out and and God has bailed us out time after time after time after time after time again? You say you didn't have any food, but somehow food was there. You say you didn't have money to pay your bills, but somehow they got paid. God kept doing it over and over again, and we forget. Mm -hmm. And we get to the next thing and act like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to make it. The same way you made it the last time. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Amen? Look back. Look back. The next one is, look up. It says, remember who God is. It says, I will lift my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. For my help cometh from the Lord. How often when we're going through disappointing times do we look up? Do, do, we, do we say right then at that point in time, I'm going to look up and I'm going to focus my attention not on the disappointment but on God. Discouragement is the enemy's way of focusing you on what you can not do instead of focusing you on what God can do. Don't don't often time we focus ourselves and our minds and our attention on what we cannot do On on what what can't happen Instead of realizing that we serve a God Where all things are possible He says that we we should remember That God is with us That he loves us That he gives us the courage just to move forward in life That that his love Makes us advance And does not make us retreat Because we know that as long as God is with me I can make it He says look up the next one says, look out. Mm-hmm. And we have to stop and survey the situation. Because a lot of times when we're going through things and, and we get discouraged, we, we, we're not actually taking a complete survey of what's really happening in our lives. We're actually reacting to one isolated thing and not seeing really what the situation is. You know, it's kind of like running into a, into a battle and you see one guy with a gun and you're freaking out, but you don't realize that you have an whole army and there's only one guy that's fighting against you. But, but, but that's how we get sometimes. We're so focused on that one thing, but we don't realize that, hey, God is working all around us. And it says that we need to ask ourselves if we're doing anything to feed the chatterbox in our lives. What are you watching on TV? When 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 you if you ever think about this, when you get down and out, what's the first thing you do? You turn on the radio and listen to depressing music. Now what sense does that make? If you really think about it, right? You are down and out, you know, you something happened, you done broke up, the first thing you do, you want to turn on all the songs about how people done broke up and all the bad songs, you know, you know. You know, I, I'm saying it doesn't make sense, but that's what we do. Think about what are, what are you watching? What are what are you feeding into into your soul, into your mind? Who? What kind of friends are around you? Uh-huh. Who who has influence over your life? Don't, don't we have people that sometimes when things are going down and down, you go talk to them and like, man, I feel worse than I did before I came here. Why did I talk to you? You know, because they either gonna tell you how bad they problems are, or they gonna tell you how bad yours are. Uh-huh. Like, man, you are messed up. <laughs> You know? Who, who's surrounding you? How much time are you spending looking at other people's lives on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Looking at other people's uh, uh, Instagram photos. Mm-hmm. You're saying, see, look at they like, man, look they, they happy. They just got back on vacation. I wish I could go on vacation. You know? We got to think about, look around, survey our lives and see, are, are we contributing to the Disappointment? Uh, are we contributing by what we allow to come in our minds come in our hearts come in our souls now I ain't gonna mess with nobody but I'm just saying look a lot of the stuff we watch on TV just contributes to our problems That's right. But that's right. Be- because they promote a fantasy that, is, that, that, that we try to go out and find mm-hmm. and that we can't find because it's not realistic that's why it's called television <laughs> that's why it's called television you know I'm sorry, it's you know, we use television. It's all entertainment purpose, right? Look beyond. So we 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 look back, we look up, we look out, we look beyond. When you're going through, are you encouraging someone else? Are you encouraging other people? A lot of times we get so isolated in our box of our own problems that we don't recognize that sometimes there are people that have so many more problems than you do. Yeah, sure. The Bible talks about this. It says, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. All right. Discouragement will make us focus inwardly. So to crash the chatter of discouragement, we have to look beyond ourselves and focus outwardly. That's the reason why I like, I, I like um, providing an opportunity for us to go out and serve our community. But because if if, if you ever want to really get true perspective about what you're going through and how bad you feel like your life is, then then, then go serve somebody else that might be, you know, having a, a worse situation than you. You know, go 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 see that that I, you might be struggling with your bills, but there's some people that don't even have bills because they don't even have a home. Mm-hmm. That 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 sometimes we are so wrapped up in our own stuff. That we can't see that we can break out of it if we would only be willing to focus our time on helping somebody else. Think about Jesus. Jesus is a perfect example. The Bible says he had no where to lay his head. He didn't know where his next meal was going to come from. Mm -hmm. He really didn't have any money. He didn't have any of that. Jesus' focus was not on himself. but He was focused on touching the lives of other people. That's right. True blessing you want in life, the true blessing that we can all gain in life is by helping somebody else. The true blessing. So it says, Look beyond. When we give ourselves to serve and encourage others, it crashes that voice of discouragement in our own lives. It gets us to focus on then now being thankful and praising God for what He's given us, right? You know, you know, when, 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 you, when you realize uh, last week, those that were affected by the tornado and the tornado went past you and you see those areas and you see what happened and you see what those people are dealing with and you realize, hey, man, you know, I might have a little wind damage, maybe a few shingles, you know, off my roof, but man, how much worse it is for other people. Mm-hmm. When we can look beyond, it helps us to break down discouragement in our lives. Right. The next one is look around. Look around. Surround yourself with people who can lift you up in prayer and pour into you. Mm -hmm. Now I said lift you up in prayer and pour into you. Not lift you up with their personal opinion or advice. (laughs) Uh, You know, some of us got good advice and I'm all good for giving advice. But sometimes I don't know everything. I'm just giving an opinion. Amen. Sometimes it is just an opinion. Surround yourself with people who can lift you up in prayer. If you don't have somebody that you can rely on day after day to just say, hey, man, I just need you to pray for me. Somebody that you know that that is that is praying for you because we all need it. Now, we can pray for ourselves, but we all need to be surrounded by people that can lift us up in prayer and pour into our lives. Look at what James 5 and 16 says. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. For the prayers of the righteous person has the great power as it is working. The power of prayer in our lives can, can change situations around. And, and so when you're going through something that you feel is bad enough, you need to connect your prayer with somebody else's prayer, with the church's prayer. And I guarantee you that when when, when righteous people come together and pray, your situation will be turned around. Amen? Right. The next one and the last one actually is this. Look in. Look in. We want to, We want to break discouragement. We have to look back. We have to look up. We have to look out. Look beyond. Look around. And then we got to look in. Because sometimes it does come to this, that you got to learn how to encourage yourself. There's a song about that, encourage yourself. You have to learn how to speak to yourself. And say, self, I, we, we got to get better. We got to get over this. We, we got to move on. Because there are times in life when there's just not going to be anybody there to encourage you. Going to be times when, when you're not going to be able to catch somebody on the phone to pray for you. And you have to have the ability to encourage yourself. But get this, through your encouragement of yourself, it's not just simply you. You have to have the ability to say, God, I'm going to cast all my problems, and I'm going to put them in your hand. I have no control. I can't fix it. I can't do anything. I'm going to give them all to you, and I'm going to lift myself up, and I'm going to keep moving. No matter how hard, no matter how difficult it might be, I'm going to keep moving in the direction that you want me to go. We need to arm ourselves with an arsenal of weapons to use against the chatterbox. Mm-hmm. And we need to learn to speak God's truth out loud. How often do you, do you just say a scripture to yourself? I don't care what, what scripture it might be. Just as, just as a mechanism of encouragement. Or, 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 or turn on a, a praise and worship music. Just, just to lift yourself up or whatever. You know, or, or, or write a note. You know, just journal, write something down as a, as a source of encouragement or go to the scripture and just open it up and say, God, just show me where you want me to, to read today mm-hmm. as a source of encouragement. We got to arm ourselves because Satan, he has his weapons. That's right. He, he has his weapons of insecurity making us feel like we're not good enough. He has his weapons of fear, making us afraid that we're not going to make it. He has his weapons of condemnation, saying that, that we're not worthy and that God doesn't love us. He has his weapon of discouragement, trying to make us feel down and out about all that's going on in our lives. But do you have any weapons to fight him with? Right. Do you do you have or are you armed with the word of God? Are you armed with, with, with a, a prayer life that knows that, hey, if I could just get on my knees that, that, and, and just and ask God that I know that God, sooner or later in his time, he's going to make something happen in my life. Mm-hmm. Friends, we have to identify the lies of the chatterbox mo- most commonly used against us. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you get discouraged about. I don't, I don't, I don't know what, how discouragement hits you. I don't know what your, your, your button, that thing that gets you down and out. But we have to learn how to recognize what they are. Mm-hmm. And, and, and know that, that when our expectations in that area aren't being met, that, that the enemy is going to come in and lie to us and tell us that all hope is lost. Oh and and we have to know that so in order to combat it, we can we can be prepared to know that, hey, this might not work out for me, but guess what? I'm going to mm-hmm. keep moving on. I'm going to keep moving on. I'm going to keep pushing for God. You know, I, um, today, I think, and I don't have one up here, but there's some jars that we left at the back uh, the table outside before you leave the theater. Um, oh, there it is right there. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> there's some jars. Carrie made us these uh, a while back, and I've just been waiting for the right opportunity to use them. But, but I, I want, if, if you want, um, they'll be outside as you leave the theater. Um, these jars say thankful, thankfulness jars. And, and, and I, I want you if, you, if you want to, take one of these jars. And I want you to begin to just start writing scriptures or, or thoughts of thanksgiving and encouragement to yourself and start putting them in there. And, 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 the, and the goal and the hope of this is, is that as you fill this jar up with, with notes of, uh, of encouragement, uh, notes of scripture, uh, notes of uh, you know, just, you know, things that are positive, um, speak it into your lives. Then when you find yourself in those moments when you feel discouraged that you can go to this jar and just pull out something. And and, and let that note minister to you. Mm-hmm. This, this is this is a practical way for you to encourage yourself. Cause sometimes, you know, we, we might can't remember, you know, that scripture or 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 we, we just don't have it. We're we're flustered. Uh, by a situation I know that like this past week I've been dealing with my brother he's been up and down you know one minute he calls me about his job and he's like hey brother's going great next minute he calls me like an hour later he's like, oh my god brother these are all falling apart and I'm like man I, I'm trying to encourage you but but I told him I said man you gotta you gotta encourage yourself mm-hmm. you gotta encourage yourself because life is going to be filled with ups and downs mm-hmm. It's just what it is. It's a bumpy road. It's not a smooth highway. It's a bumpy road. And so we have to equip ourselves with something to encourage us. And, and so if you get this, fill it up. Put it, put it where you feel like you get discouraged the most at. That might be at home. I hope it's not at home. It might be. It might be at home. Um, it might be in the kitchen when you're making dinner, and that's where you get the most frustrated because everybody you know, is hungry and the meals don't turn out the way you want them. It might, be, it might be at work, it might be in your bathroom, where, wherever you feel that, that those are the opportunities and the times you get discouraged the most. I want you, it might be in your car, and I want you to, to put it there and start filling it up and start reading them as you get discouraged. Mm-hmm. Here's our conclusion. Where the enemy discourages us about what can happen in our lives, we need to tell him, I can't but God says he can. He yeah, can. Right. That, that's the promise for the day. And when the discouragement comes in our lives, it's okay. I can't, mm-hmm. but I serve a God that can. Yeah, right. We we make God too small in our lives. Right. The Bible says in Psalms it says, "Magnify the Lord with me." Yeah, right. In other words, he was David was telling the others around him, "Help make me, help me make God big and great, because He is great and He is big. But we make Him so small, and we make our problems so big." And so, friends, we, we have to start to, to see that we serve a big God. And, and, and we have to take our small faith and apply it to a big God so that we can see big things happen in our lives. Who, who can exceed my expectations? God can. Who, who can do the impossible in my life? God can. Who, who can turn bad situations into big blessings in my life? God can. Who can make miracles out of mistakes? Mm -hmm. God can. And who can turn disappointment in an opportunity for praise? Only God can. Friends, you don't have to be discouraged because we serve a God that can do all things in your life. Stand on your feet with me as we close out this service.